Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A here in the CHGO offices in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall. 23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. The White Sox fall to the Los Angeles Dodgers 4-2-1. They fall to 26 and 28 on the year. The Dodgers improve to 36 and 20 on the year. And bad news for the White Sox, the Twins and Guardians both lost yesterday. Well, they both won today. So the White Sox are now five games back mm-hmm. in the AL Central. Fun times, Herb, huh? Oh, so fun. I mean, who could have saw that the White Sox would only score one run today and the Dodgers only score four? (laughs) This guy. I predicted in the pregame show. So, remember, CHGO pregame before every Sunday through Thursday game that the White Sox play on those days. Don't miss it as we give out those gems. You could have won some money on points bet if you would have bet that that predicted that score exactly like I did. Ah, this lineup, this lineup, this lineup, man. Like, who could have predicted that Lurie Garcia would go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts? I picked him as my click to pick, but... But in spite. You you picked him out of spite in the fact that usually when we talk bad about players, then they go out and perform and have games of their life. Uh, That did not happen tonight. Uh, Like you said, Leary Garcia striking out three times from that leadoff spot. Um, And that is honestly where I'd like to start. I knew we usually start with the pitching performance, and Johnny Cueto was very good. But I'd like to go to the Dodgers broadcast. You've probably heard Steve Stone and Jason Benetti talk about this Sox team a lot in 2022. But we have the Dodgers in town. Eric Karros and Joe Davis in the eighth inning talked about Leary Garcia's strikeout after Brutusal Gratterall. Uh, struck him out swinging. So if we want to go to that audio, I will truly cue Steven. Steven, we are going to that audio in three, two, one. The fans are not excited, obviously. Hear all the booze just fall out of the zone. It's not even really a competitive swing. That, that's where you get into lineup construction. There's only going to be a handful of White Sox hitters who have four plate appearances tonight. And you're basically saying by putting Garcia at the top of the lineup, guys I want to have get four at-bats. Huh? Huh? And that's kind of our reaction every single time. That's White Sox Twitter reaction every single time. Huh? 
Leary Garcia leading off? Huh? Leary Garcia, the three-hole hitter? Huh? Doesn't make any sense, Herb. The guy's batting 184 on the year. An on-base percentage of 193. He can't do anything with the bat when he steps into the batter's box. I'm glad that other broadcasters are calling them out. I mean, Steven, uh, Jason cannot. You know, they in the broadcast, they showed the weighted runs created when they uh, did the lineups, and you see Lori Garcia's is really low. Under Yo- 50. Yoan Moncada's, I think, is at 15. 15. 50 for uh, Yasmani Grandal. You know, I think, as uh, Patrick Nolan pointed out, the crew is doing their own kind of like protests against Tony Larusa by showing the way that runs created of these players. Yeah, Larry Garcia, we all knew this, that he does not belong anywhere higher than seventh in any major league lineup, any major league lineup, even the Pittsburgh Pirates, even the Cincinnati Reds. But to do it multiple times, at least six times in the top third is a firewall offense for any manager that has a general manager that can fire him. But we root for the White Sox. So our manager could do anything and do all the dumb shit in the world. Yes, lineup construction usually doesn't matter, but it matters when you're giving this guy, one of your worst hitters, the most at bats in your fucking lineup. It's really (laughs) bad. And I've already said this. It seems like a broken record, so I'm going to cede the floor to Sean, but... It's so annoying that he keeps on doing this, and it's so annoying that there's no one to check him. Not right. one person to check him and say, this is dumb. I hope this message from Eric Carroll's and Joe Davis gets back to him, and he feels a certain type of way, and he goes and confronts Eric Carroll's. And Eric Carroll's like, no, you're the dummy putting dumb baseball players up at the top of the lineup, so you need to be called out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you need to be called out, and I'm I'm glad to hear it from Eric Karos. I really get sick of calling out Tony Larusa because he's not gonna listen to me. Nope. Uh, no, no offense to me, uh, but he's just not gonna. My, my words aren't gonna get through to the White Sox. I've been saying, uh, I think most of White Sox Twitter has been saying, and most people who have been watching this White Sox team for the past three years uh, that they need improvements with their left-handed hitting, and yet we continually see Gavin Sheets be trotted out as the destroyer of all right-handers. Yet, you know, he's a guy that did not get four plate appearances, just like Eric Karros was bemoaning. Uh, AJ Pollock did not get four plate appearances today. Danny Mendick did not get four plate appearances today. Even though Gavin Sheets has been struggling, he's been better than Leary Garcia this year. AJ Pollock, better than Leary Garcia this year. Danny Mendick, much better than Leary Garcia this year. And this is a guy, $5.5 million, the White Sox went out and needed to re-sign Leary Garcia. And there's a comment earlier from Jesus Strawworth saying Leary wouldn't be playing on a contender this much. Leary wouldn't have a career with any other team besides this. The White Sox are the team that is giving him this 10-year career. The team that sees him so valuable as, as such a valuable piece and so highly keeps putting him at the top of their lineups. It's brutal. Uh, clear and simple. It was brutal to bring him back, and I understand that there's position flexibility, but right now, he leads the team in innings played at second base. There's no flexibility. He is just a hole in your lineup at second base, just like he was last year. Josh Harrison's helping fill out that hole. There's just another massive hole at second base. Exactly what the issue was at the trade deadline last year. The first thing that you went out and tried to solve. Nothing's been solved on this team. Nothing. The hitting is just as bad as it was last year. Much worse, honestly, with the results. The results aren't there. The process sucks. 
Everything sucks with the hitting. I mean, we just juxtaposed the different leadoff hitters. Right. One, you have Mookie Betts, MVP candidate. The other one, you have Lurie Garcia. Right. And then, and then they go to Freddie Freeman. Luis Roberts, good. Not Freddie Freeman. Then Trey Turner. Then we have Yohan Moncada, who's supposed to be a top five third baseman. He's not. Middle, middle, fastball. Sixth inning, I believe it was. Middle, middle. Not only does he not crush this ball, it's 94 miles per hour. He is late on the ball and hits a lazy pop fly to left field. That's unacceptable. Yoan, I'm gonna I'm getting to the point where Yoan will have to lose some playing time to Jake Berger. Because what Jake Berger's doing is winning. He's all he sees ball, hit ball, and he's getting the job done. The, the stats don't look extra impressive. He's only hitting 257, but his on base, I mean his OPS is 772. He's got to be starting games over Yoan Moncada right now. Give Yoan Moncada the the option to play a couple games during the week. But if it's between those two right now, Yoan is lost. I don't know how he gets it back, but he's lost. Yeah. But we got to win games, and Jake Berger gives you the better chance currently at third base to win those games. And I know 772 uh, OPS doesn't sound great, but that is, I think, a, well above uh, league average this year. League average is still a, a below 700 uh, for OPS. So uh, just a little bit of a different offensive environment. But Jake Berger has shown consistently that he is going to give you great at-bats, he's going to give you hard contact, and he's going to put runs on the board for the White Sox. That's the issue. Jose Abreu batting fourth and Jake Berger batting sixth. Those are your two best hitters in that lineup, and they are batting fourth and they were batting six. Jake Berger barely got the chance to have four plate appearances today. That's the issue. Uh, and, you know, at least that's one thing we could say about Tony. I heard saw a comment earlier uh, talking about, you know, how much I miss Tim Anderson. At least Tony doesn't get that wrong. When Tim Anderson is healthy, he's always leading off. So we don't have to worry about that. It's not like that is the ongoing issue. But I think how the White Sox value Leary Garcia is the issue. How the White Sox value left-handed hitting is is an issue, and especially the ones that they they consistently put out there. The fact that Gavin Sheets keeps getting playing time. Uh, Reese McGuire keeps getting playing times, especially when they look for lefties. Uh, we saw that with Alec Manoa uh, when he was out there. Reese McGuire still getting the start. Um, they're just looking to load up the lineup with lefties versus righties because they can see them better, not because they're better options. If we are going off of the best options today, Andrew Vaughn would have been in the lineup. I'm not too... PO'd at the fact that Andrew Vaughn didn't play today. I think he deserves some rest. He deserves some time off. But, again, the White Sox can't hit. <laughs> and he's the only guy that has consistently proven to take true professional at-bats each and every time that he's up there. Andrew Vaughn has been the most consistent and, and, and most just truly put-together hitter the White Sox have. And the fact that it feels like, you know, Leary Garcia gets more time than him when he's healthy, uh, or, or it feels like Yasmani Grandal gets more time uh, than, than Andrew Vaughn, I understand why it's frustrating to fans because Andrew Vaughn gives this team a chance to win when players like Leary Garcia, uh, when players like right now, Yohan Mancata, don't give you that chance to win. Is it really that Rick Hahn gave Leary Garcia three-year deal for $16.5 million because he had one home run in game three? <laughs> no, I mean, it's... seriously. We have a... As Sean has stated and he's laid out perfectly. 
We've had a hole at second base since the trade deadline, since Nick Madrigal went out last year, and some would say we had one when he was playing. But he saw that. He knew that. He knew he wasn't going to offer Cesar Hernandez uh, the qualifying offer or his uh, his uh, deal, I think, it was just offering mm-hmm. him $6 million. It was, option, yeah. it, was, it was negligible. It was nothing. He saw that. And then he said, you know what? To fix this, Larry Garcia, Josh Harrison. Championship window, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Don't forget Vince Velasquez. Yeah, did that. Didn't really address right field until the end of spring training where he got A.J. Pollock. And A.J. Pollock is barely plays in right field now, and he barely plays every day. He leads the team in left field innings. Exactly. And so what, when is this going to turn back to Rick Hahn? I know we all, as White Sox fans, have our ire, especially with this lineup and the lineups that Tony puts out there for Tony LaRussa. But this man, Rick Hahn, has failed up to this point. He failed in the offseason. That is a guarantee. He failed in this offseason. So he needs to address that and make sure that we're moving forward, we have a better second base position, a better second base situation going forward. Danny Mendick's nice, but I don't know if you go into the second half or later in the season with Danny Mendick as your everyday right. starting second baseman. I mean, Danny Mendick wasn't even a top two option for them to start uh, second base this year. It was it was Leary Garcia and Josh Harrison. Uh, Danny Mendick's played himself into that position. Uh, we are going to be joined by Vinny Duber right after I tell you the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from a CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with points bet. You can find your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can boost your live same-game parlays. An online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1s because I wanted to start Having a true morning routine, I wake up at 9.30, I immediately start my day with some athletic greens, and it doesn't taste super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1s in the morning, I absorbed 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. I feel energized. I feel uh, at peace as well. It just brings me a, a nice kind of calmness that it feels like I'm taking care of myself. That's why I like Athletic Greens. I feel like I have more energy throughout the day. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO SOX to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Hi, Vinny. Good evening, fellas. Howdy. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat reporter. Obviously a probably salty mood in the White Sox clubhouse tonight. Who'd you talk to? Not so much salty as much as just, you know, quiet, you know. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't, let's put it this way. I'm sure everybody's very frustrated and mad about the way this offense is performing, but, uh, you know, nobody's throwing any chairs Bobby Knight style in there or anything quite yet. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked to Johnny Cueto very briefly. Uh, Larry Garcia had some things to say to, to some other folks that we'll, that we'll hear about in a little bit, but uh, uh, Tony La Russa obviously after the game, but, uh, yeah. Short on words tonight were the White Sox as they were also short on hits. So I guess that's somewhat fitting. Nice. I mean, I got a Marvel. Let's start at some positive. He gave up a couple home runs, but Johnny Cueto, every single time he goes out there, gives the White Sox a chance to win the game. Another quality start of six innings pitch and three earned runs or less. He is much better than I thought he was. And I'm sure that Johnny Cueto is not satisfied with his outing, but also three runs in six innings, man. Just outstanding for Johnny Cueto. Did he have anything to say about his outing? I mean, he was happy with the way he settled down, like you just mentioned there. I mean, I think you saw those two early home runs, and it was like, oh, boy. You know, after being blanked last night, the Dodgers are going to flex their muscles on the White Sox tonight. Uh, but, you know, obviously they had three home runs, but it's not like they put up some sort of astronomical run total tonight. Uh, and Johnny Cueto did a great job. I mean, that he was able to go six innings, only three runs after those two early home runs. Uh, surprising, perhaps, having, uh, you know, watched those first couple innings. But, I mean, hey, this is what Johnny Cueto is, it seems like. And uh, that's great news for the White Sox because they've got a fifth starter who is going to give them a chance to win every time he takes the ball. Um, that's really that's a that's a heck of a luxury that a lot of even contending teams uh, might not have. So uh, for the White Sox, everything's going pretty well in the starting pitching department right now. And Johnny Cueto is definitely a big part of that. And I think the picture for the starting rotation will look a lot clearer once Lance Lynn returns. Uh, he just made his possible final rehab start down in Charlotte. Uh, weren't great results, but what do we know about Lance Lynn? And, I mean, does that June 13th timetable or return date still seem possible in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I would venture to say it even seems probable. The only thing being, does does Lance Lynn want another crack at another rehab start with the way the results have gone? Obviously, he's a guy who knows his who knows his body and knows what it takes to get batters out. I don't think he's fretting about the way things have gone, you know, in the stat column uh, for him down at AAA. Tonight was, you know, horrendous from that standpoint, but Lance Lynn is a veteran and probably is a guy who doesn't really care about the results of a rehab start, I would have to imagine. Um, but we'll see he was supposed to go 70 80 pitches I think it was 77 uh you know so that's right around where they said he was going to go and basically Tony La Russa said before the game they're going to check they're going to see he's going to be evaluated if the leg feels fine if the arm feels fine he's going to be here next week and if if not they'll give him another start if he needs one so uh we'll probably hear back whether it's tomorrow or not until Friday uh but we'll hear back soon how Lance is doing and whether uh, that was enough uh for him down at Charlotte but yeah I think June 13th which is Monday the start of that series against the Tigers uh looks you know he's right on track for that right now I know you and the assembled media spoke to Tony La Russa like you do every game before the game about Lurie Garcia batting in the leadoff spot and then the lack of uh, Andrew Vaughn in the spot. What do you have to say about both Lurie Garcia playing leadoff and then Andrew, Andrew Vaughn getting a rest today? 
Yeah, well, I'll start with Andrew Vaughn, and I think really today that's probably the, uh, you know, there. let's put it this way, a lot of legitimate gripes from the uh, the folks that you call the lineup Eastas, Herb. Uh, a lot of legitimate gripes today, and, and I think that that's probably going to be, uh, you know, the focus of what we talk about a lot the, the rest of the time I'm here with you guys tonight. But starting with Andrew Vaughn, he got a day off. You can, you can complain about the amount of quote-unquote days off these guys get, but Baseball players don't play 162 games anymore. They they might have back in the day, uh, depending on how long you you go back. But listen, Andrew Vaughn got a day off. I'm I'm sorry to all the Vaughn the Vaughn heads out there, but uh, he got a day off. Listen, this is a guy who said he ran out of gas last year. Uh, you know, and and Tony's trying to guard against that. The White Sox are trying to guard against that happening this year because heck, he's been one of their two or three best hitters this season. So it's very much has nothing to do with the production guys. It's just, you know, a day off to rest, uh, you know, after playing the outfield quite a bit, maybe a little bit more than they thought he was going to with the injury to Aloy Jimenez. So, um, you don't have to agree with it, but that one kind of makes sense to me. Uh, as for Lauri, Tony said today that, uh, you know, he's seen, he saw a little bit from, from him on the road trip. Uh, he's, he's seeing some improvement. Obviously it was a very bad start to the season for Larry Garcia. And Tony is seeing some things that is leading him to believe that, uh, that better days are ahead and, and might be imminent. Um, I have not seen those things. <laughs> I don't think a lot of other people have seen those things. I'm not I'm not the baseball mind, obviously, that a lot of the folks with this White Sox team or any team in baseball are. But uh, he was the leadoff man today. Uh, I guess you can look at kind of some of those old school stereotypical leadoff man qualities that, 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 that some folks might believe Larry Garcia possesses. Uh, he has been uh, effective in the past, not so much this year. Um, I think that when you look at the lineup, the the thing that you got to look at is what are the alternatives? And I think a lot of people could say that there are some, but they're not benching Yohan Moncada. They're not benching Yasmani Grandal. Like the, these guys aren't getting bumped down on the depth chart because they're struggling. Um, if you were to make your ideal lineup as things stand today with the guys who are currently hurt, with the guys who are currently hot, right? Um, you still probably got gripes about half of that lineup. Guys batting close to or under 200. Guys, uh, you know, who are who have not gotten it done, even once you kick Yaz and Yoan out of that lineup, right? If, if you were to do that. Um, you still got, you know, A.J. Pollock in there who is is, is hitting under 220. You still got, uh, you know, Reese McGuire in there doing the catching probably who's hitting right around 220. Heck, Leury Garcia is probably your starting second baseman in that lineup. Because Josh Harrison has been uh, just as uh, disappointing, if not more so. So um, it's it's a tough thing to do to assemble a lineup that everybody's going to be really happy about right now because the alternatives aren't there. And and once Tim Anderson gets healthy, once Aloy Jimenez gets healthy, you're going to have better alternatives, no doubt about it. But today, uh, it, it's not good. And, and I'm not saying that to defend this lineup because it wasn't a good-looking lineup, and it proved it wasn't a good lineup today out there, only getting four hits against the Dodgers. Um, but Tony Larusa, you know, I asked him, do you consider making some drastic changes to this lineup with the with so many guys struggling, or, or is that the problem, that so many guys are struggling? You can't make a drastic enough change to this lineup. And he didn't really answer it. He, he kind of said, you know, uh, it's it's tough to – it's hard to – Hard to dump on the team after they just won three in a row. So, um, but you know whether that three-game winning streak was something to uh, crow about or not, the offensive problems have not left, and uh, they they aren't showing any signs of going away.
So I'm not sure if this is the same question, but uh, one of the guests that we had on during our guest week, uh, Nick Murawski of uh, Lockdown White Sox and Good Guys Talk Back, uh, he tweeted during the postgame presser, Tony's answer to why he switched up the lineup uh, seemed to trail off before actually finishing the question. Uh, is that the question that you were talking about where, you know, he just didn't want to beat up the guys after the loss? Is that the one that he might have trailed off on with the question? Um. I mean, I don't know if we should be picking apart, you know, the guys, uh, you know, body language or anything like that, Tony, especially in post-game press conferences, especially after losses, has a tendency to kind of uh, wrap those questions or wrap his answers up when he does, or he has a tendency to make pauses and that allows for other questions to be asked. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's anything worth noting too much. I would just say that, you know, I, I understand that You've got a, a lineup right now where it's very hard to get a rally going, where it's very hard to string hits together. And when you've got, uh, you know, when, when, even when you're putting a, a, a guy who's doing okay in the two-hole, then you got the guy in the three-hole who's hitting under 200. And, and then maybe, maybe the cleanup hitter's doing well, doing great in the case of Jose Abreu. And then you've got the, the five-hitter in Yasmani Grandal hitting under 200. It's really tough to get a rally going. And so I can understand the people's frustrations over that. You know, I've, I've told you guys on a number of occasions I'm not a big lineup guy. The thing that jumps out to me from this lineup, though, is it can't help but look bad. People can't help but complain because the, the results are not there. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got it. The White Sox have to get Moncada and Grandel going if they're going to win the World Series. That's, that's it. If they're going to win the division, the playoffs, if they're going to make yeah. the playoffs, they got to get those two guys going. And so if the key to getting those two guys going is to keep them out there and keep getting them and, and wait for that switch to flip, that's what you got to do because that's the only way that you're achieving anywhere close to the goals that you set for yourself. The problem is that's what they've done. And it hasn't worked. Those guys are still hitting under 200. The, the answers are not easy. As, or, or I should say, as easy as it sounds sometimes from Tony as to, here's what we got to do, here's how to fix this. It's not easy because it's not happening. It, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's completely frustrating because you are hearing things that are, oh, we know what we got to do. You know, we, we know the answers. We know, we know the approaches to take and the, the way to do this. And yet the offense is still one of the least productive in baseball more than two months into the season. I mean, to see the first four hitters go over for the day and then have five strikeouts is not encouraging. But the one guy I talked about yesterday, I saw a couple of good at bats is the opposite today. And Yohan Moncada, I mean, there was so many pitches that he just looked poor on. Middle, middle fastball, he just lines out or actually pops up to left field. It's just very, very hard to watch the guy right now. I don't know if there's an end in sight. I know there's a better player in there. I've seen it. It's just so frustrating, Vinny. I'm sure you, as a journalist out there watching it, is like, oh, my God, what happened to the guy I used to see out there? Is there anything that Tony is like – I know they were working, and they did, had a thing with Frank Minichino and said, hey, we found out a couple things on these guys. I haven't seen it with Yoan Moncada yet. He is just struggling. I mean, there's glimpses like yesterday, but more often than not, it was tonight, the 0 for 4 he gave, and then one strikeout. It's just very sad to see because I like the guy, and I think, like you said, the White Sox need the guy to get better. So is there anything at all that they say, hey, I see Jake Berger hitting, Yoan Moncada's not hitting, maybe we balance this out a little bit more at third base. 
I mean, at, at some point in the season, that has to that has to be the conversation that's had, right? I mean, you're not going to throw away a chance at doing anything, even if it's as little as winning a wild card and sneaking into the playoffs. You're not going to throw that away, you know, because you're going to cross your fingers and hope that a guy figures something out. Um, that being said, like I just said, I don't know if they can do that without Yoan Moncada. You know what I mean? I don't know if they can do that without Yasmani Grandal. Um, it's, 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 it's the worst position to be in right now, and they are stuck there. They're, the White Sox are just stuck there. They can't, they can't give up on these guys who are cornerstone pieces, who are who are middle of the order bats. You know what I mean? Like, Yasmani Grandal is the is the biggest free agent signing in club history. Ever. You're you're not going you're not going to say, all right, you know, go go away, go to you know, sit down. We're gonna let the guy who's hitting 220 start every day. I mean, you can't you can't do that. Um, but you can't win. When 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 a third or half of your lineup is hitting around 200 or or significantly worse in the case of those two guys, um, it is it is mystifying. Uh, it is um, you. I mean, you use the word sad. It's just it's just strange. Um, and and I think that I don't think people should confuse um, the explanations from Tony and and Rick Hahn who talked yesterday of. These guys are going to turn it around as, you know, ignorance uh, or, or as um, a lack of uh, effort. You know, the, the work is going on. They're, they're trying to figure this out. Um, but the fact that it just will not come is, is like I said, it's mystifying. And uh, it's going to stand in the way of this team doing absolutely anything uh, until, it, until it gets significantly better. Two of the guys that we're talking about here, uh, Grandal and Mankata, big walkers. Uh, Mankata had over 80 walks last year, big part of Grandal's game as well. Uh, that seems to be uh, really zapped from their game this year and just from the White Sox entirely. Uh, today was their 20th game where they drew a walk or less. Um, so that's not good to hear. Uh, any talks about being more patient or at least looking for more base runners really because we see what Luis Robert does when he gets plunked by a pitch I mean they're great at stealing bags and and getting those position you know, those players into running uh, in scoring position but uh, driving them home has been painful with hits and just getting those guys on uh, has been painful so any talk about possibly drawing some walks recently I'm not sure well I, I think you know I think it's probably two different skill sets and, and I think that's what's made guys like Grandal and Moncada so successful in the past is not only did they have the eye to be able to walk? They had the eye to be able to uh, to 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 force the pitcher to give them a pitch to hit. You know what I mean? Um, I think Tony Larusa explained it pretty well earlier today when he was talking about what they're looking for. And you know, it's easy. I think we've been been tricked into thinking the way to walk is just to take a bunch of pitches. Uh, and I think he has explained it. And I've, I've tried to relay this to folks and I don't know um, if it's been well received or not, because this is not the first time it's come up, but Tony basically said, you can't go up there just to take pitches. You, you've got to, because then the pitcher's just going to lob strike one at you and then you're behind and then you've, you know, you've ruined everything there by, by doing that. It's a, it's a mastery of the strike zone where you, want to show the pitcher that you're going to be aggressive and swing when they throw strikes in the strike zone, but then being uh, disciplined enough not to swing at any pitches he might throw outside the strike zone. And the mistake is going to come either in the form of, you know, enough balls to get you a walk 
or a meaty enough pitch for you to, to hit and hit a really long way. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's something that fans hear and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or if they hear it and go, boo, why aren't you walking? But um, it, it, it does seem like they know what they want these guys to do and these guys aren't doing it. And I don't think they're not doing it on purpose. I just think they're not, you know, lining things up correctly. They're not threading that needle the way they need to. And I think this lineup, every guy in it, for the most part, has shown that they can do that, right? I mean, when the season started, we looked at the lineup and said, that lineup's going to give, you know, pitchers some nightmares. Um, but these guys these guys can't do it right now. They can't line it up. And with very few exceptions, uh, you know, Jose Abreu being one of them, Tim Anderson before he got hurt, uh, and, and certainly Luis Robert for m- the most part um, have, have been the positives. But, uh, but, but everybody else is just, you know, slumping at the same time. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about everything, you know, clicking at the same time when things are going good. Ooh, every aspect of this is going right, right at the same time. I mean, you can't win a baseball game when seven of your nine guys in the lineup can't do anything. I mean, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but the Angels, apparently, every one of the hitters came up to Nickelback songs today to try to break out their slump. They hadn't scored any runs as yet, so it didn't work. Any uh, suggestion for the White Sox to play a mediocre Canadian band to and their songs? Who are you calling out? What? Who are you calling out here? I mean, Nickelback is a mediocre oh, yeah, Canadian well, yeah, band. Yeah, it seems like you're calling out some other mediocre. No, is there any, I mean, mediocre seems generous. Okay. Is there any <laughs> other mediocre, and even Canadian, mediocre band that the White Sox could play for all their players so they can break out of this slump? Because that seems fun, at least, you know, play some terrible music so everybody can get on the joke. I guess uh, Shohei Itani came up to Photograph, which is the only song I know by them. So everybody had a different Nickelback song? Yes. Oh boy! I mean, That's, yeah, nine wow. different Nickelback songs. I didn't even know. That is funny. Uh, I absolutely like that idea of picking a band and just everybody has, you know, there's nine different songs from the same band every uh, in, in a game. That's tremendous. Uh, me, as somebody who has to uh, both suffer through and enjoy on, on uh, rare occasion <laughs> the the walk up songs of the White Sox hitters, uh, yeah, I, I think some some change would would do them good. So maybe Cheryl Crow is the Ooh. answer there. Uh, you know, a, a change a change would do you good, and boy, would a change do these White Sox good right now. But yeah, why don't why don't we go with Cheryl Crow again? I love Cheryl Crow. I'm not trying to make her uh, uh, describe her as mediocre in any way, shape, or form. Former Mizzou Tiger Cheryl Crow, so M I Z to her. But uh, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know um, if if anything could be, uh, you know, better than what Jake Berger has going. So Jake Berger has the best walk-up song on the team, and he's oh, yeah. the guy that's hitting right now. So I think that that, you know, they could take a cue from him, and everybody just improve what they got going. Well, come on. You can't tease us like that. What's Jake Berger's walk-up song? Jake Berger's walk-up song is Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Uh, okay. Far and away, the best one on the team. Um, the- I mean, Pollock's isn't bad. Pollock has the chain no. by Fleetwood Mac. They, oh, you told- would think. You Here would you think that A.J. Pollock has the chain by Fleetwood Mac, but he has some sort of ridiculous remix version of it with some sort of beat underneath and then when it goes long enough if you got like a pitching change or he leads off an inning let's say uh there's rapping so i don't know i don't know what this is it's very similar to how liam Hendricks tricks you into thinking that he comes out to we will rock you but then it's all there's all sorts of techno business going on and there's like eight (laughs) songs playing at once um so yes, uh, and then the only other one that I recognize is uh, is is Yasmani Grandal, who walks up to Whoop, there it is. 
uh, which is Ugh, very upsetting. Issue. Very upsetting because he used to walk up to when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. That's, uh, why that's his issue. Now. Yeah. So yeah. I think maybe that is what he, he needs to go back to Zep if he if he's got to figure going to figure things the out. Cubs play for like home runs. Yeah. Just terrible. It was a terrible song back then. It's better as the commercial that it was last year, but never as a walk-up song. Unless you're doing it as a gag, that one player is sucked always. You're going to have to take that up with the ads. I'm going to call them. All right, well, we got someone else to take something up with. I know Steven wants us to get to these Super Chats. We see you, Jaxo, but I'm just going to end this with Vinny, and then we'll deal with the Super Chats later. Uh, Vinny, you and I had a little discussion on uh, Twitter, and that got picked up by some blog, apparently. That's what some uh, Twitter bot uh, told me. And this is what the uh, blog said about our little back and forth uh, on Twitter. Uh, so they quoted you. Uh, this is the Will Smith uh, little comment, too, uh, about him smacking that ball off Johnny Cueto. Uh, they called you. You, this Los Angeles Dodgers fan, just wants the baseball world to stop making Will Smith slap jokes. You said longing to the return of a world where Will Smith, the Dodger, is more sick and tired of hearing Wild Wild West jokes than slap jokes. We all made a Will Smith joke uh, in some way, uh, but apparently you're a Dodger fan. Apparently. That's news to me. <laughs> news to me. All you got to do is click on the name and you know exactly what the person is. So uh, It's the yeah, blue hat, it's... I think. Well, but I'm not wearing a blue hat on Twitter. Yeah, he's got a drink in his hand, I believe. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Hey. Damn lazy Twitterers. Just saying, on, people, are, people are thinking you're leaning do- Dodger blue. Uh, people are thinking you got Dodger bias. Just want to let you I know. I mean, I will say the rest of that sentence was accurate. I don't care about <laughs> Will Smith at an award show. What I do care about is is the movie that I had on VHS when I was a kid, which is Wild Wild West. Um, <laughs> my favorite movie when I was a kid was Men in Black. So, you know, I'm in a very specific zone there year years wise of uh, of being aware of what will smith is doing that is way in the past obviously so i just want to keep hearing you know men in black wild wild west getting jiggy with it uh references that's that's all i can handle how many times have you seen uh men in black a lot i mean again most of them are all back from when you know it was relatively new but yeah definitely like over 20. producer stevens has seen space jam over 50 times he told I'm me that probably well. right there with him. I'm probably wow. right there with Thank him. You, Vinny. I mean, that Thank movie you. came out when I was like six or seven, so like right in the wheelhouse there. That's literally his favorite movie of favorite all time. Favorite movie. Still, well, this is as I'm an adult. Yes. yes. Mm. Yeah, but yes, mm. that's a choice. I, I, could, I wear it though. Mm. That's definitely mm. a choice. Michael Jordan, uh, very and good at basketball. Bunny. Come on. Well, yeah, I, I what, heard I'll that. Say, yeah. what I'll say about Michael Jordan's acting in that movie is that he's very good at basketball. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Uh, that's, that's definitely the best point uh, that you've made. No one can argue with you uh, that Michael Jordan is good at basketball. And why they have actors and actresses actors play his, uh, his wife and kids? Like, they could have did that little ass part. Come on now. Well, perhaps they're, perhaps Michael, Michael Jordan is the best actor in the Jordan family. Yes. <laughs> That's probably true. They brought in the real big guns like Wayne Knight and Bill Murray uh, to do the real acting, uh, as, hey. as you, you would. Yeah. Well, and don't forget, too, that Danny DeVito is the voice of that big al- angry alien boss. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I did forget that, and that's why yeah. we have you on every single night to give us Space Jam facts and White Sox facts. And, they, and is your favorite movie Men in Black by Will Smith? Is that the your favorite Men Space in Black Jam? movie? Wait, I mean, your favorite Will Smith movie. Are you Smith asking movie? me Sorry. what my favorite Will Smith movie is yes. specifically? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Men in Black. Yeah. Okay. I, so you I, have, I, yeah, it's Men in Black. You haven't seen obviously. I Am Legend yet. Uh, 
no, that seems kind of not. That's not up my alley. It's a, uh, he's not making jokes in that, is he? <laughs> no, uh, a couple <laughs> jokes, but mostly killing zombies. Mostly kind of a depressing situation. Yeah, yeah Men yeah. in Black is fun. That's why I like. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. I am Legend scared me too much. Uh, anyways, thank you, Vinny. Uh, appreciate your time from Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, that is Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter. At Vinny Duber. Uh, fun times talking movie with Vinny Duber. Apparently, though, uh, we, we stopped talking baseball, the real purpose of this show. So David's leaving and he's saying goodnight. But. So, sorry, David. We can have a little fun every once in a while. Do you really want us to keep on talking about Yoan Mankata Seriously. and how shitty he's been playing? Do you want us to continue talking about Luis Robert struggling at the, at the plate since he's come back? I mean, we could just keep on talking bad baseball. Or we're going to have a little fun with our guy, Vinny well, Duber, who's at the game. And I did see uh, David mention, too, like the first thing that should happen tomorrow is that Tony LaRusso should be fired. And if Tony LaRusso isn't fired, then Kenny Williams should fire Rick Hahn. Um, this is something that you made earlier, a point you made earlier. This is a point made in Paul Sullivan's column today in the Chicago Tribune. He opened his piece today. The Chicago White Sox manager, Tony Larissa isn't going anywhere, so just deal with it. Uh, he opened up his piece today uh, by saying, Chicago White Sox manager Tony Larissa had a talk, uh, long talk during brad- batting practice Tuesday with the man who controls his fate. General manager Rick Hahn was there too. Um, it was a wow. talk between Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRussa, wow. right? Rick Hahn is not going to control if Tony LaRussa is the manager this year. If Tony LaRussa is not the manager, it's because he is walking away. Jerry Reinsdorf's biggest regret as an owner is when in 1986 he was fired. Tony LaRussa was fired by Hawk Harrelson. This is him making up for a years long, well before I was lake lifing mistake. All right. So that's just not going to happen. Hans not going to fire Tony LaRussa, and he is just going to fill this baseball team up with bad baseball players like Leary Garcia, Josh Harrison, Vince Velasquez, with the limited budget that his owner consistently gives him. The money was spent on garbage players, and that's what you're watching right now for the first 60 games of this White Sox season. It's been bad to watch, all right? So if we want to talk a little bit about men in black, we will. Yeah. I, I concur right there because <laughs> what else can we talk about? We know the general manager's not leaving. The, he just said the manager's not leaving. So what else can we talk about this dead-ass team who's getting carried by their starting pitchers? Just absolutely getting carried by their starting pitchers the whole damn year. Well, and here's here's the thing. Like, Pipeline in USA saying seventh highest payroll in MLB. Like, the, the pitching staff really doesn't go towards that. The, the highest paid pitcher this year was Dallas Keuchel. He's off this damn team. Uh, you look at the why they're the seventh highest payroll uh, in MLB. Uh, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, right? They extended the core. But if we look at that core, what have the White Sox actually taken and elevated from that core? Tim Anderson has done a phenomenal job turning himself into a great baseball player. And you player. said that right. Turning himself into that great baseball he, player. He had a himself. mindset change. He had a lot of stuff happen in his life. He went and approached the game differently as a professional. That's what Tim Anderson did. Jose Abreu was already one of the best baseball players in baseball before he came to the White Sox in 2014. That's a finished product. Let's look at Luis Robert. This five star, this five tool star that the White Sox have. I have consistently seen the same at-bats over and over from Luis Robert. He is your second hitter. Supposedly, that's the spot for your best hitter in the lineup. I don't understand 
what the actual progression with Luis Robert is. Luis Robert cannot lay off a slider low and away. He cannot just have a good at-bat. I mean, it's just been brutal to see. Another night tonight where I know he had three hits in a Rays game recently, but another night tonight where he just looks to struggle, and he just is just absolutely being picked apart by smart teams who know how to pitch to him. Pitch fastballs in and then throw sliders away and usually that will work it worked tonight and is consistently worked night in and night out against Luis Robert I don't think the White Sox have enough developmental staff to elevate these players Yohan Moncada hasn't been elevated Luis Robert hasn't been elevated Aloy Jimenez hasn't been elevated they're not elevating hitters we've seen this over and over again why aren't these prospects working? Andrew Vaughn hit 500 in college. That's the reason he's doing well right now. He skipped AAA. He skipped AA. He skipped all those organizational, fundamental building leagues and just started mashing in, in Major League Baseball. That's nothing to do with the White Sox. That is all Andrew Vaughn being a badass baseball player. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like a lot of these players are lost up there and they're not listening to the coaches that they have for some reason. And I know Vinny is saying it might not be all what's it called like it's it's not a thought process they're not like oh we need to ignore these coaches um but it it just ends up leaving their heads whenever they enter the batter's box and it's frustrating to watch and we got two super chats we got two super chats so let's go to uh jaxo first and steven i'm sorry steven was really wanting me to get to these super chats before and jaxo i'm also sorry Jaxo has two super chats. Uh, he said, this is what I meant by the White Sox not being able to beat Tony Gonsolin, and they had multiple chances to score runs, and they did not, and it was infuriating. Also, Gavin Sheets needs to be sent down to AAA. Uh, so Jaxo continues saying, Stoney said not to take Gonsolin's, Gonsolin's fastball, and yet they did. Anyways, uh, just looking at those numbers, they took his fastball, I think, 16 times, oh, uh, whether Jesus. it be a ball or called strike uh, in, in this game. So 16 uh, takes by the White Sox, which honestly feels a little high. Uh, I would have thought that they were a little bit more aggressive today uh, just by the way that they attacked. But thank you, Jaxo, for the super chats. I agree that Gavin Sheets needs to be sent down to AAA, and I think once Aloy is ready to come up, that is when that change will happen. And Jeremy, uh, my guy, uh, shout out to Jeremy. He says, Herb looks like Ozzie Gein with that beard. And what moves would Sox make at the deadline? Uh, I I know I've seen Josh Bell's name flown around there. Uh, He's a switch hitter, uh, but he plays first base. Uh, I, I know people have talked about starting pitcher, but Johnny Cueto has been great in that fifth starter. Uh, what what moves would you like to see made by the White Sox at the trade deadline, or is it too early to even think that far? I don't think it's too early to think that far. I mean, I've been clamoring for Josh Bell after uh, what he left Pittsburgh, and I was like, okay, why is this young? Uh, I think he's still only under thirty year old left handed power hitter doing out there on the streets for so long. And him and uh, Kyle Schwarber were both in Washington last year, and Josh Bell remains out there. And doing a good job. And the only problem, like you said, he is a first baseman. So you would have to just have him as a designated hitter in this lineup with a couple well, first base starts for him. And do not put him in the outfield. You could put him in right field. Please don't. Uh, hey, that's what we've learned with I, with Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn, uh, that you could just put first baseman in, in, in right and left field, and it'll work out. That's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah right? those positions they don't, have don't a, matter. A record yeah. under 500? Yeah, if we, don't, if we don't get right, we'll, we'll be fine. Um... Yeah, I would love to have a lefty power bat that actually produces. Yasmani Grandal <laughs> and Yasmani Grandal and Yoan Moncada. Well, actually, every single left-hander the White Sox have, either switch hitter or actual left-hander, is not good at baseball right now. No. They cannot hit. 
So that's a huge problem about the White Sox. So any lefty power bat would do well for this team. That is what they've been missing for how long? Like, they've tried to solve forever. it forever. Like, remember they tried to solve it? I mean, Tommy was good. He didn't bring any championships home, but he was good as a lefty power bat. But then Adam Dunn sucked. Adam LaRoche sucked. We got keep on getting lefty power bats. Nomar Mazzara sucked. Sucked. And it just keeps on continuing and Adam continuing. Adam Eaton was a power bat, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Sucked. Remember, they tried to jump the market for uh, Jock Peterson. He was like, no, I'm going to wait. Yeah. He's like, here's $10 million. I'm, he's like, I'm going to wait. And then they immediately said, okay, we're not waiting. We're going to sign Adam fucking Eden after we give a, a contract offer to Jock Peterson. They could have just waited because eventually he signed for $7 million with the Cubs, went down to Atlanta after he got traded, and now this year Jock Peterson yeah. is an all-star. But here's the thing. Why is he an all-star, Herb? We have to ask the question. Follow the money. All right, why is he an all-star? It didn't work out in Chicago. It kind of worked out in Atlanta, but he just really got hot. October. He goes to San Francisco where they have coaching, smart organizational structure, and the ability to help players improve. Something the Giants did last year was match their lineup to the way that the fastball of the opposing starting pitcher is tailored. How the White Sox tailor their lineup is if the guy hits left or right and if the guy pitching throws left or right. Mm -hmm. That is the depth of the White Sox lineup. It has to be different from yesterday's. It has to be different from the day before. It has to be different from opening day. But as long as that lefty-righty switch is, is in there, the White Sox lineup is fine to go out there and put up one run or maybe four or less runs because that's what they do. And what the Giants did last year, tailor their lineup towards certain fastballs. If a guy was throwing a sinker, they would put all of the swing profiles that match up well with sinkers and put those guys in the lineup. The Giants won 107 games. When the guys had a straighter fastball or cutters, they would match up these swing profiles of the players that they had to those pitchers. Again, they won 107 games last year, and I don't even know if you can name one of their hitters outside of you know Buster Posey, who's now retired, Brandon Belt, who's been a lifelong Giant, and Brandon Crawford. Outside of that, I couldn't name you. Evan Longoria had a resurgence season. Again, why? Why do these players have good seasons when they go to organizations like that? Because they're smart. Josh Harrison has looked like a shell of himself. Leora Garcia has not improved as a baseball hitter in 10 years in this organization. But I think about that thing you just talked about. We look at Fernando Tatis, and people keep on saying that was a big-time miss for the White Sox. I say no. I think the San Diego Padres turned him into that. As Sean was just saying, the White Sox probably would just had that guy just be a middling middle infielder that wasn't doing all this power in San Diego. Kudos to the Padres for turning him into a all-star uh, generational talent. There's an outfielder also in the Giants system who the White Sox had and drafted him. Right. He was a 4A player. You didn't see anything from Luis Gonzalez last year or the year before. You're like, eh, this guy's fine, but he's not going to be cracking our, our lineup. He's the, I think he's the May NL Rookie of the Month. Two, 322, 367, 443, 4811 OPS. Would that work well for our right field or our left field for the White Sox? Yeah, it would. It would work well. So what the hell are we doing with the development of these players? As Sean said, you already had kind of a, a done product with Andrew Vaughn. Everybody said he was the best bat in the draft and was good that the White Sox got him. 
the same thing could be said about Jake Berger. He was a pretty damn good hitter at Missouri mm-hmm. State. Had a couple setbacks with his Achilles tendons two years in a row uh, going out on him. But the man has always hit. So the development, and we, we already talked about Tim Anderson. Go back and read the quotes. I forgot where it was specific. They asked him, Tim, what happened in the minor leagues? What the White Sox do for you in the minor leagues? Like, mm, pretty much nothing, though. I pretty much developed what I had to do. Like, Tim yeah. is a raw player. Remember, he came from basketball as a junior in high school, and he's pretty much a raw player. So all the stuff that he's doing, all the adjustments that are, have been made are done by Tim. So where's the development? As Sean says, why isn't Luis Robert being astronomically better than he is? Why is he still flailing at sliders that are outside the zone? What's going on? What's going on with this team? What's going on with the organization as a whole? This is Kenny Williams. This is, Jer- this is Jeremy Haber and Rick Hahn's fault. And Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf just signs the oh, checks. Yeah, that's not true because the manager is there because of Jerry Reinsdorf. That's, that's He's true. pulling strings. That's that's true, but I give the only more, reason- the, more the blame on the front office and Rick Hahn because he's part of this. He's the person who's the architect of this rebuild. So it's a problem. It's a huge problem for this team that we root for that doesn't develop players. They don't get better. Unless they get better on their own. Lucas Giolito. Hello. They Lucas had to, Giolito. And they went out and just got that guy's coach yes. to help everybody else. And there was somebody in the he was comments. the worst pitcher in baseball. Worst pitcher in baseball. Um, like, just building off that point, you look at the guys that have above average way to runs created plus this year for the White Sox. Tim Anderson, who we mentioned, went you know, basically to himself to improve. Andrew Vaughn, who was already a finished product and skipped double A and triple A uh, and is hitting 139 for a uh, way to run straight plus. Jose Abreu, who was a finished product and won rookie of the year immediately as a uh, as, as an American League player. Luis Robert, who has all of those five tools and you're really questioning what he could be more if he had more help. And then Jake Berger, like you said, a guy that dealt with injuries and had to come over, overcome some mental, uh, you know, uh, uh, demons that he was going after. And he set up a true lifestyle and routine for himself. And look at the, the the product on the field. That's Jake Berger turning himself. The five players that have above average weighted runs created plus, the White Sox have had nothing to do with their development. Yeah, didn't Jake Berger, he went to some independent league in the, uh, in the pandemic just to get a couple yeah. of bats. Because the White Sox didn't invite him to the Schomburg. He wasn't part of the Schomburg boys, so he had to go, and they gave him permission to go and get some independent at-bats and got himself right. So, yeah, this team is so frustrating. And we got a super chat from Stupid Donkey. Stupid Donkey. Can we play Burger at second for a week? See how it goes. You have nothing to lose. I don't think he can do worse than the two guys who have been manning second well, base. But I, if we're not going to do that... At least go to Danny Mendick because I'm tired of seeing Lurie Garcia and Josh Harrison. And I know somebody said he was one of the fourth best offensive second basemen in the league. Like, you know who was better? Who could have been better? Marcus Simeon could have been better. Trevor Story could have been better. Could have got an actual free agent. When you're signing all these great team-friendly deals, that leads you, gives you money to get bigger free agents, which we haven't signed except for Yasmani Grandel a couple years ago. Again, who's signing the checks, sir? He is, but he is. then they spend like $26 million on bullpen people where we already had bullpen people. Well, right, yeah. I mean, and bullpen hey. from year to year is volatile and playing money. Do the Tampa Bay Rays pay money for bullpen people? And no. 
And here's the other thing, too. Yeah, Rays don't play anybody for their bullpen. Uh, here's the other thing, Herb. Uh, how do you win games? By scoring runs. And how do you protect a lead? By having a lead. The White Sox can't get a lead to use their super bullpen on. It makes no sense how this team was set up. And Kyle Schwarber's out there in Philadelphia hitting 12 home runs, and that would have just immediately been the White Sox leader. Uh, if only anybody could have told you that uh, that would have helped this team. Left-handed power, uh, if only anyone. But yeah, with Berger, uh, he is too big to be a second baseman. He's not really quick enough to be a second baseman. But also, he is an above-average hitter, and Yoan Moncada plays great defense. And this is kind of something that I know Patrick Nolan was talking about on Twitter a couple of weeks back, and it kind of faded off, but here it comes again because second base is still not hitting. Yoan Moncada is still not hitting. Jake Berger is, and Andrew Vaughn obviously needs to play the DH because he can't play left or right field uh, at a major league level. If Gavin Sheets is going to get at-bats, I would really like to not see him in right or left field because he's just going to run into Luis Robert. Uh, it is frustrating, and I think that at this point, there's nothing to lose because it's not really the defense that's hurting you. It's the offense. You scored one run today, and that's the guy that's putting up the runs. It's Jake Berger. That's the guy that's been doing it night in and night out. And I know Vinny uh, recently wrote an article about Jake Berger calling him the uh, the hero uh, de jour, uh, the hero of the hour. Uh, but here he comes. It was the hero of the week, um, Jake Berger. And it, it feels like he might be the hero of this month for the White Sox with the way that he's hitting so far. So, you know, the TA injury has been, been rough, but it's kept Jake Berger on this roster, and at least we're getting more playing time to say, hey, this kid probably deserves more playing time. Uh, so that's good to see. Jaxo with another super chat. He said, Rick Hahn had a chance to sign Trey Turner after the season do is done. Uh, you're talking about that, Trey Turner being a, a White Sox. I said he's going to be a future White Sox. I did not say when. Um, <laughs> it will be great if he got signed this offseason because he's in his prime currently. Um, but I believe he'll be a White Sox when his days are way done. So, yeah, it's just money. This is the smarter way to just money. acquire a player. Just paying them money. Give them a lot of money. It's not yours, Rick. It's Jerry's. If you, as the general manager, can't convince the owner to spend more money, maybe it's time for you to find somewhere else to work because that is half of your job, to get the money allocated to spend money for these players. Find it somewhere, somehow, because next year, after next year, that guy, Lucas Giolito, is a free agent. And that, for me, is the end of your uh, window right there. Right. Championship window's closed after Lucas Giolito leaves. Yes, you have Cease. Yes, you have Kopech. But not having Lucas Giolito on this team, who else you're going to? Who else is going to be there? Lance Lynn will be gone by then. You're going to Cueto, Cease, <laughs> Quato Kopech? Until he's 40. Come on now. Hey, and, you know, Rick Hahn's talking to the media and saying, you know, the back of the baseball card will play out. That's his hope. Because guess what? There's no Calvary coming. There's no money to go out and pay a big free agent to help boost this team because there is no big free agent out on the market left. There is no big trade coming because who are the White Sox going to trade? Their number one prospect again? I mean, they have the worst farm system in baseball. You can get rid of Colson Montgomery. You could try to get rid of Gavin Sheets. You can get rid of Jake Berger. But who's going to produce on this team? This White Sox team is exactly who they are. This, is, this will be the team come October, right? Maybe Josh Harrison's off this team and you see Sosa or you see, uh, uh, now I'm blanking on uh, Sanchez. Maybe you see one of those guys up. Maybe you see a small minor trade, but there's not a lot of help coming. 
And if the White Sox need to improve or want to improve, it's going to come with Yohan Moncada. It's going to come with Yasmani Grandal. It's got to be coming from Luis Robert becoming a smarter baseball player. It's got to come from many different places, but the call is definitely coming from inside the house, and that's the only person who can fix it. And I know we got to go, Stephen, but I forgot to bring this up. I was watching uh, as I was doing a podcast, and another fucking time, Luis Robert or some outfielder runs into each other. Luis Robert ran into Gavin Cheats today. I don't have super slow-mo. I don't know what happened. If Luis Robert is communicating properly, if Gavin Cheats is not peeling off as the center fielder, that's his ball all day, every day. But this is another damn time. That's bad coaching. That's bad communication. They're just so annoying when they do that. I cannot stand it. How many times do you, do you see a good team do what the White Sox have done this year? No. A championship team it. do this? They keep on doing everything you see from a bad, mediocre team. And I do not want to believe that they are this. But as Bill Par says, Parcell says, you are what your record says you are. And the White Sox are a bad team currently, 26 and 28. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the real web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Tomorrow's pick of the week will be the White Sox money line. I said sweep uh, of the Dodgers, and you know what? Uh, probably not going to happen because they lost today, but... They'll win tomorrow, right? Tyler Anderson's on the bump. He's a lefty, and the White Sox have Dylan Cease going, so it should be a fun one. We have a 12.30 pregame for you, so definitely make sure you're joining us here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We'll have the pregame for you. We'll have a postgame for you, recapping, hopefully, a White Sox win versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Our guy, Jaxo23, with another super chat saying, if he gets signed, Trey Turner could play second like Trevor Story is doing. He could play center field, too. Wherever you want to play. If, Wherever you want. He's, yeah. he's proven the ability that he can play wherever. Yeah. If Trey Turner says, hey, man, I want to come and play short. Hey, Tim, man. Second base, man. You enjoy it? <laughs> is, is You cool with it? All right, man. I'm sorry. You got to play second. Trey Turner's here, though. Sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I would, I would 100% say that. I don't care what Tim feels about that. I... Trey Turner... I think is the superior player there. I think he's a superior player. I think what Tim Anderson means to this team, you cannot ask him to move positions. So you're saying, Trey Turner, here's all this money. Go your ass a second. I would say, here's all this money. Go play your ass a second. That sounds like, exactly great to me. He'd be like, deuces. Go, go play third. I don't care. Uh, go, go. You could be our DH. It doesn't matter to me. Hey, we could put anyone in right field. He could play right field for us. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, he's got the arm for it. Uh, I, I will take whatever money. I will put whatever money on Trey Turner not signing with the White Sox uh, next year. I will say that Jaxo definitely will drop another super chat uh, in an upcoming episode. Trey Turner will definitely not uh, be a White Sox next year. Uh, and also, just a reminder, once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. Herb, the spin zone for this, to take this from uh, Cody Del Mendo, uh, it was under three hours, this game. Mm. So that is the best spin zone that any baseball fan can have. It's I'm, my golf philosophy. If you're going to play bad, 
Do it quickly. Yes, absolutely. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We were joined from Guaranteed Rate Field by our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And you can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Make sure that you check out our website, allchgo.com. We have an event bright page uh, up there for you. So you can secure tickets to our CHGO tailgate on June 22nd at 11.30 a.m. in Lot B of Guaranteed Rate Field. Tickets are $25, and again, allchgo.com is where you can buy tickets for that event on June 22nd. But for Herb Lawrence, for Vinny Duber, for our great producer, Stephen Nicholas, I'm Sean Anderson, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox. Thank you.